What if your management software did more than just take bookings? What if the company behind it cared just as much about your business as you do, and they actually helped your business to succeed? Could that ever actually happen? And if it did, what would that even look like? Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner, dedicated to helping you grow your business, to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm going to help you transform your business starting today. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast, episode number 94, nudging ever closer to that arbitrary, but nonetheless, seemingly significant 100th episode. Now, today, I want to ask a question. When is a software company not a software company? Nope, it's not the beginning of a joke. It's a serious question. And the answer, when it's a hair and beauty company that happens to use software to do what it does. Now, that might not make any sense right now, but it will do in a moment. See, when it comes to software systems for the hair and beauty industry, there are lots and lots and lots of okay systems out there. You know, ones that will let you take bookings, hold your client details, even take payments and send emails and text messages and stuff. Now, we've talked about this before here on the show, and I've said before that in my experience, there isn't just one software system that's right for everyone. And I stick by that. You need to pick the one that meets your needs the best. And I even have an episode covering exactly what you need to do to do this. In fact, I've got two. Way back in episode number five, and more recently in episode number 34. But as I keep getting asked about software, and it's something that as a beauty industry coach, I need to keep an eye on. Well, last year, I started recommending Timely as a solution that really should be on your shortlist if you're looking for better management software. Now, because of that, I've kept an eye on them, not only as a software supplier, but also as a company. And let's face it, software companies are not entirely known for their philanthropic staff and customer focused activities. But When I started seeing what Timely were doing as a company throughout this past few months of COVID-19 enforced lockdown to support their staff, to support their customers, well, to say I was impressed would be a huge understatement. I was blown away and I had to find out more. Now, I wanted to share this all with you wonderful listeners as well. So I invited CEO of Timely, Ryan Baker, onto the show to tell us exactly why Timely are different, why they don't don't see themselves as a software company, why they see their job first and foremost about helping you and helping your business and then the extraordinary lengths that they're willing to go to in order to do it. Now, trust me on this when I tell you that you need to listen to this interview where we don't actually talk about the software itself at all. What we do talk about is how technology and how software is now more than ever a key part of your client's journey with you and why this is actually better for everyone and just how things are going to change in a post-COVID, post-lockdown world and where tech will actually help your business grow even more. Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the show today the CEO and co-founder of Timely Software, Ryan Baker. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you. So we've we've had a couple of chats over the past few months. Um, 
anyone who's listened to the podcast recently and on anything that we've been talking about software will know that uh, I sort of did a, a little bit of a, a study last year um, in terms of different software systems that are out there because I, I get asked this question a lot, you know, what's the best software that's available? And, and my answer still, and I've even said this to you, my answer remains the same. You've got to pick the one that's most right for you, for your needs and all those kind of things. I've got podcast episodes on that before, but I always felt that people wanted me to just come back with, with one piece of software that I would sort of say, okay, we'll always buy the right one for you, but take a look at this one. So I went out and I had a look and, and to be honest, Timely was the one that, that stood a head and shoulders for me above the others in terms of its current capabilities, how far it's come in just the last few years, and, and also the, the sort of roadmap stuff that I know that's, that's kind of coming up. So, um, so that's why I wanted to get you on the show. because I, I don't want to talk just about software today. I want to talk more about kind of how, how, you, how and why you created Timely and, and what makes them different as a company. Because I do think other than just being you know, away from just being software, there is something very different about Timely. So, so I do, do really appreciate you joining me for that. So, um, first of all, then let's, let's find out a bit more about you. So what's, what's your kind of backstory? How did you kind of get into working with software in the first place? Yeah. So I was sick a lot as a kid and uh, I think my parents realized I wasn't going to be an all black pretty early on. (laughs) Um, we should say but, yes. You're joining us. You're joining us from New Zealand, all the way from New Zealand. Yes. We've got a weird time zone thing going on. It's very late at night where you are, and mid morning where I am. Well, it is one of the good things about this weird world we find ourselves in at the moment, isn't it? Is that yeah. you know jumping on a call like this is very normal right now, and, and spending time together, even though we're on different different side of the planet. So um, that's fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think my parents recognised that uh, I had a passion for technology pretty young. Um, Dad brought home an old computer from the school that he taught in the late 80s, and uh, I taught myself to code on that. Um, I think I grasped pretty early on the potential for learning to build software and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of the ways that that could help people. Um, And then in the 90s, when the, uh, the internet became mainstream, my synapses really started firing because it was then, how can we then do that in a world where everybody is connected? Um, and the potential for that was really exciting to me. So I didn't know exactly where I would apply that passion, mm-hmm. but I think I knew um, from a pretty early age that I was going to be doing something nerdy with my life. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so you presumably you you carried on with those studies. Um, you know, what's did you go work for for companies initially? Did you go straight out and start on your own? What was kind of your first forays into the the sort of work world of of, of business and, and software and things? You know, I wasn't really very well cut out to work for anyone else. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I spent my time working for other companies, um, but more taking notes about you know the company I wanted to create one day and what I what I wanted that to look like, and, right. and in many ways what I wanted it to not look like. Um, and I was very lucky in uh, about 2003, I met a young guy who was building booking software for the tourism industry. Right. And I helped him to build that into a business that was quite successful here in New Zealand. And it was while we were working on that, um, you know, working with hotels and motels, the day spas for a start within the hotel started asking us if they could use our software for their appointments. Um, and the answer to that was no, we hadn't, we hadn't built it for that. Um, and then even uh, more interesting was when independent uh, salons and clinics in the hair and beauty industry started asking us if they could sign up and use that, that platform. And 
you know, we, we certainly paid attention to that because if you did a quick Google, Google search, it looked like there were plenty of options available for them in the market, but there was a reason that they were looking so far outside of what was available. So that's where, I guess, the initial, um, our, our, our initial um, observation that there was a chance to do something better for that industry was, uh, was certainly out there. Cool. So when was that? What, when did sort of Timely as a company begin? Yeah, it was about 10 years ago now. So you know, we started working on it in around 2010, 2011. And in the very early days, it was appointments for everyone. So, yeah. you know, we, we built a, a, minimal, a minimum lovable product and we got that out to market <laughs> quickly. Um, and it was, you know, in the first year or two, it really was the, the beauty industry um, that embraced us and embraced what we were doing, you know, the strongest in terms of, um, you know, their, their passion for the product, their feedback they gave us, the rate at which they were signing up. Um, and the extent to which they were sticking with us as well, even though it was a bit rough in those early days. So yeah. over time, we had become more and more focused on, on the beauty industry. Yeah, so it wasn't originally built just for them. It was more, more generic, but you sort of thought, well, these are the people who are loving it. These are the people that we need to serve more and kind of dive, dive deeper into this market. And would you say now that, that that is exclusively what you work with? It is, yeah. So, you know, a real... Um, a uh, really important moment in our history as a company was about four years ago. Um, we realized that we weren't a tech company. We were right. a beauty business and we we're part of the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a profound change for us. When you, you know, when you make that change in your mindset, um, it really changes how you focus on helping the industry that you're part of it grow mm-hmm. rather than looking at like a client. Yes. Um, I think a lot of tech companies, yeah, you, know, you know, I would, I would question whether or not technology is a vertical on its own at all anymore. You know, we talk about the tech industry, mm-hmm. but unless the tech is being applied in some other industry, it's not doing anything, right? So, yeah. you know, Zero is not really a tech company. It's part of the accounting industry. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that's when we really, you know, we really focused in. Um, and I think, unfortunately, for the beauty industry, a lot of the tech companies still take that approach and certainly did at the time. And what that means is they think more about, you know, for example, the, the beauty industry in the UK at the moment is worth about $28 billion per annum. Yeah. They look at that and they think, how do we get a slice of that? And when you consider yourself part of the industry, that's not the way you think. You think, mm-hmm. how do we grow that by 50% over the next five or 10 years so that we can increase the wealth um, of everybody who participates in the industry. So it's, you know, it's, it was a very important moment for us to make that change. I love that. And it's, it's when you start to say things like that, that really kind of show what I mean when I say timely just feels like a, a different company. It's not, and you've just said it there, it's not a tech company that, that serves the beauty industry. It's a beauty industry company that happens to do so using technology. Yes, yeah. I mean, we have a great product. We have a really reliable platform. And like you say, we're always improving it. But I think those things are expected now. You know, those are the table states. They're yeah. the, the yeah. minimum things that we should be doing, um, you know, a, as part of our role, role yeah. in the industry. What really makes us different is our people um, and our commitment to the industry. So, you know, the phrase I hear a lot when I get feedback on working with us is that Timely is, has been a breath of fresh air and remains a breath of fresh air. So I hope, right. we, I hope we can keep that up for some time. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I like that. So you mentioned already a couple of things. You were, you were already very forward-looking. I mean, I mean, you know, it, 
if back when the internet came out, you were already seeing possibilities for that? Because I think even a lot of people who worked in tech at that time when the internet came out was sort of like, well, this sounds cool, but we've got no idea what it's going to mean in the future. So you were obviously forward thinking there. So when you came to start Timely itself, um, you know, at, at what point along that route did you think, well, I, I want to create a company, but a company that does things differently in terms of focusing on its people and, and its philosophy and things like that? Or is that something that's evolved over the time you've had Timely? Yeah, I think it's something that we took out of the previous business experience. So as I mentioned, I met my co-founder, Andrew, in 2003, and we worked on the tourism business together. And we did a lot of things there by the book. Right. Um, and that company was acquired in 2010. And we didn't make enough money out of that experience to retire. Um, but right. what we did take out of it was a lot of experience. Um, and also what I think for me was a license to do my things, do things my own way mm -hmm. uh, the next time around. So, um, you know, rather than being too worried about what the textbook says, um, I felt relatively fulfilled from the previous business. So that gave me a license this time around to say, hey, let's just do things differently if that feels right for us and follow our nose. And I mean, I'm really grateful for the experience of building upon the previous business that we had and taking that across to, to Timely where we are today. Brilliant. So, what are, so then what are the philosophies for Timely? What are the core values for the company? Yeah, so we have core, four core values that we've had um, for a while now. Um, the first is that customers are our son. Um, we, we recognized very early on in this industry that we only succeed when our customers succeed. Mm. So, you know, that, that's been a really strong value of ours and it's very focusing. It seems like you're stating the obvious to say our customers are important to us. Every company should say <laughs> that, right? Yeah. But if you really put it up in lights and say, you know, this is something that's so simple to forget, um, but really hard to stay committed to a lot of the time. So um, the, the pandemic experience this year, as one example, has been a time where that value came through really strong. You know, yep. we just put that straight up at the start of the process and we focused on helping the industry and helping our customers. Um, we're pretty big on flexible working. So our, our second value is hashtag timely life, which is all about acknowledging that work and life can be complementary and not competing priorities. Yeah. Um, a lot of that has been forced upon us by, by these things that we carry around <laughs> in our pockets. We can't get Your away from phones, yeah. Yeah, so we try and embrace that and say, hey, look, let's support people to do things that they're really passionate about. Let's trust people to work when they're at their best. Um, and, you know, let's be flexible and trusting. And how has that, that philosophy worked? Because you're obviously, you know, you've got offices different parts of the world now. How yes. has that worked uh, in those different offices? Because I, I think we said a few years ago, I spent some time traveling around New Zealand. And when I was in Wellington, it just, it has this, the whole place just has this vibe of it's like, you know, work gets done there, but not necessarily nine to five. It's like, you know, they, it's, it's, a, it's a work to live philosophy rather than live to work. So was that something that was easier in some places than in others to bring in as a philosophy? Um, I think I think so, but um, the way we have um, where we have ended up means that we can capture the best parts of of different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so we have offices in in um, three cities in New Zealand, and then Melbourne in Australia, mm -hmm. um, and then over in the sort of around the London region in the UK. Yeah, um, we are not fully distributed. So some companies who work remotely will just have people dotted around all over the world um, in lots of different time zones. 
um, we found that wouldn't work well for us because we value FaceTime. Um, you know, we found that quite isolating, the idea yeah. of that. So um, even if you're not working directly with another timely team member, we'd like to clump people together in cities so that um, in between the, you know, the challenging roles that we have, we can get together, um, spend some FaceTime, um, and, uh, you know, like you say, work doesn't happen nine to five anymore. So it's important that people spend some time together uh, in person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's something that certainly stood out for me, uh, going back to the lockdown thing, you know, something that you posted about very well, actually recently, but obviously happened at the beginning of lockdown was the commitment that you made to your people within the business, which I absolutely loved. So if you were, can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? It's <laughs> been a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone today saying, um, should we just put the Christmas trees up and get it over? With? <laughs> <laughs> just just put a line under 2020 and yeah, move forward. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, you know, around sort of February, March, um, it was a challenging time for us. You know, we were, uh, you know, we were concerned about the industry and the prospect of most of our customers needing to close their doors for a period of time. And, uh, you know, for me as a business owner, like I said, I, um, you know, I've always felt like I have a license to do things the way I want um, this time around. And sometime in the kind of 70s and 80s, we were all programmed to believe that businesses exist to only serve shareholders and to create shareholder wealth. Yeah. And that's true, but it's not, it's not the only important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm one of the, the major shareholders of Timely, so it's important to me. <laughs> um, but... You know, an event like we've had this year is a time for companies to support people. Yeah. Um, and that was the stance we took very early on. You know, we said our number one priority is that we were going to do everything we can to preserve every job that we had in the business. And that. what that meant was um, at a time when there was a lot of anxiety for people around their jobs and their livelihood and supporting their families, those people could have a sense of safety and assurance in their role. And what we saw was they turned up the very next day with, you know, a lot of motivation, um, a lot of energy um, to help our customers, which was the most important thing. So instead of worrying about, you know, needing to worry a lot about themselves, we were able to direct that energy towards our customers at a time when they needed us the most as well. So yeah. We shipped during that time more changes and improvement to the product than we ever have. <laughs> we delivered online virtual training that we had never done before. Um, we pulled that together and, and brought it out. Um, and we helped the industry more broadly as well to, um, you know, to lobby policymakers and pull information together for policymakers so we mm. could work out how we close and also open industry in different parts of the world um, in a way that strikes that important balance between uh, the public health response that is required with the economic impact for people and their livelihoods. So, yeah. Um, but a, a, yeah. a thing that you, you told me, um, and I think this, this stands out hugely as a, as a way to show that, that clearly the people, it's, it's not just a kind of catchphrase that the people are the most important thing in your business, but, but everyone throughout the whole business believes it. Because I think you, you went to the staff and said, look, we want to protect everyone's jobs and that might mean you know uh, us all taking a little bit less money and you know some people came back and said well i'm happy to take even less if it means the people who need it more in the business can keep getting what they what they need and i just yeah, think for for a team who are working for a business and primarily like you say 
we all assume that we only work for money. And, mm. and that's not the case anymore. But for a team, for me, to come back and say that to you, to say, I'm willing to take less if it means someone else can have more, that just blows me away as a tech company because I would, I, that's unheard of. This episode of the Beauty Business Podcast not only features Timely, but they're also supporting the show as well by sponsoring it. Now, Timely is the world's smartest appointment booking software, helping beauty and wellness businesses around the world to manage their time better, to manage their sanity and their ability to generate more revenue. Timely is, at its core, a powerful booking and business management software. It's loved by over 40,000 customers globally, and it works for businesses of any size and ambition, and it will grow along with your business aspirations. It's designed to help you save hours on admin, deliver exceptional client experiences, and establish a much-loved brand, as well as growing your revenue. With clever tools like Consult to help protect your business, your team, and your clients, Timely is an essential tool for running your business efficiently and effectively. And they don't stand still either. With over 500 software updates every year, Timely works really closely with the industry itself to ensure that it's creating innovative solutions to help elevate the industry and constantly provide more value to its business owners. Timely works beautifully with products that you already use as well, like iZettle, Zero, QuickBooks, MailChimp, Square, Layby, and loads more. Now, if you've been thinking about making the switch from pen and paper, or you want to test a new software system, visit beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash timely, or click the link in the podcast description to start a free 14-day trial. They don't do contract tie-ins, they don't do hidden fees, just straight up transparent pricing. And because they are lovely people, the Timely team have even got an exclusive offer for listeners of today's episode, where you can get 50% off Timely for your first two months just using the promotion code BBP50 when you sign up. Now, back to today's show. It was a humbling experience, um, that's for sure. And, you know, we knew our revenue was going to go down significantly Mm. during the lockdown period, and it did. And so the conversation (laughs) we had with our team was, um, you know, our our plan is for everybody uh, to suffer a little so that nobody has to suffer a lot. So we asked everybody across the board to take a reduction in their pay yep. uh, on the basis that we would pay that back in the future if we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it created a sort of virtuous cycle because um, everybody rallied around and supported each other. It's incredible what a group of people do when they're faced with a massive challenge mm. um, like that. And they, they supported each other. They offered to do more so that people that would find that hard didn't have to do as much, um, which was very humbling. That's amazing. Um, that is amazing. And, and then, you know, because they uh, then worked really hard to help our customers, what we found was that drop in our revenue ended up being much less than we originally anticipated and for much shorter because our customers responded really well to the fact that we were improving the software. We were helping them learn how to use it better during that mm-hmm. time. Um, and, you know, if they'd taken maybe a month or two off um, and suspended their timely um, account for that time that was it they were back um, after yep. that point um, and now we're growing faster than we ever have so um, we've got an opposite problem now of how do we deal with this massive <laughs> increase in demand um, because I think you know the industry has um, on the whole been relatively slow to digitize and I think um, definitely you know, a lot definitely. of folks have learned the importance of doing that um, this year uh, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's, I was moving on to that. The, sort of the positive side of this is I think you said, you know, since globally things have started to ease a little bit and businesses have started to open, you've, you've seen this explosion or, or, or huge take up in, in numbers in terms of new customers for Timely, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, one of the biggest challenges we've had from the start is just everyone is so busy. 
Um, yep. you know, in the same way our value is um, that our customers are our son, the beauty industry is very client-centric, right? Mm. So, you know, all, all the energy goes into serving clients and um, sometimes the business comes second. And so folks will live with um, systems and processes they know they're not happy with. Oh, God, yeah. But they'll come yeah. back to them another time. <laughs> Fix that and, next time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even though it was the worst of circumstances and, you know, we certainly wouldn't have wished it upon ourselves. Um, the one, one of the good things we, we have had out of the lockdowns is people having the time to stop and review some of the systems they have. Um, if they've got a system in place already, whether that's timely or something else to spend some time improving the things that they know they've needed to improve, um, to find more parts of the platform that they can use and get value from. And then for those folks who haven't made that leap yet and still on pen and paper um, and uh, other systems like that, uh, a chance for them to, um, you know, evaluate the system, put something yep. in place and be ready to open again. So we saw a lot of people doing both of those things um, and, uh, you know, it was delightful to be able to help um, as much as we could during, you know, during that time. And what was also interesting is is given given the nature of your, you know, the the platform being online and, and the the volume of data that you have what i loved was when things started easing you know you published those those charts of showing just the the explosion yes. in bookings that happened just as as australia and new zealand started to open back up again which which i love being a you know huge data geek myself i just i love that that is a possibility from a from a centralized system as well yeah we were really lucky to have access to um you know, some really solid data that showed us what was happening. You know, people were saying at the time, people were saying it feels like three Christmases at once. <laughs> um, and we were able to quantify that because yeah. the data yeah. showed that in some of the regions, New Zealand in particular, where I'm based, because the lockdown was so decisive and so pronounced for everyone, but then the reopening was the same. Yeah. Um, the increase in bookings was, was phenomenal. And, you know, that was... Uh, it was a pleasure to see when the industry had been struggling yeah, with closed, and that at the same time presented new challenges, right? It's, uh, yeah, you know, it, absolutely. But it, was, it was hugely comforting, I think, for because obviously New Zealand was one of the first places in the world that started to reopen. And yes. I think when you published that, I think that that made a lot of the rest of the world breathe a bit of a sigh of relief because it showed that when things were allowed to reopen, the customers were coming back again. So, so I remember yes. I saw it on, on whichever social media platform it was, I think LinkedIn, and I was like, I'm republishing that because I think people need to see that, yes, it's tough, yes, it's been hard, but once things start easing, the clients are still there, they're going to come back again. Some are going to be nervous, but you know, they will be there. So I think it gave people that, that confidence um, in other parts of the world as well. So I want to thank you for, for doing that as well. No cool. worries. Part of the reason we did it as well was we wanted to give folks a bit of warning. Like uh, we, <laughs> everyone had been talking about the fact that um, this is a resilient industry um, and the clients will be there for us when we open. Um, but seeing it happen here firsthand, um, you know, if uh, the UK and Australia and other regions had, you know, even four or five weeks before that was going to happen, mm. You need to prepare to prepare. Yeah. It was coming. It was coming. Yeah. <laughs> Get your sleep in now because it's not going to be happening when you open. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we mentioned then the the fact that the 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 positives that we should be looking at that have come out of lockdown. You know, people have had that time to focus on systems and and potentially get better systems in place. Be that timely. Be that something else. Be that another part of your business. You know, what other 
what are the positives are you seeing from from this situation that's been forced on us over the past few months? Oh, I think there's loads. You know, I'm a kind of glass half full sort of person. Yeah, me so too. you know, it, you know, um, uh, to a fault sometimes. But um, I think the big, the, the first big one for me is, uh, and this was true for me personally, going through a really hard experience like that. Um, you know, I really rediscovered and refocused on my passion for the business. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people in the industry um, will hopefully have been through the same exercise. You know, you get knocked down like that. You have to mm-hmm. find that reason that's, that got you here in the first place um, to get back up again and, and crack on with it. Um, so I think that, that that will give the industry a tailwind as well as people turn up with a bit of a stronger sense of their why. Um, yeah. As we we work through these next stages of the of the pandemics, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of caused everyone yeah. to to retake a look at things and sort of say, well, there's there's part possibly bits of my company that I started doing that I don't enjoy doing anymore. Let's let's get rid of those potentially. Exactly. Yeah, and then I think um, you know one of the real positives as well is um, the the I think the focus going forward is going to be on the relationship between the client and the salon. You know, I think that's a real fundamental for the industry. Mm. And if we look at tech in particular, um, there are a couple of industries that we should look at closely and particularly so as we don't repeat some of the mistakes that have happened um, in those spaces. One of them is where I started, which is tourism. Mm -hmm. So while we were working on the previous business doing bookings, we saw the explosion of, you know, the Expedias and the booking.coms and the marketplaces where everybody went to make bookings. Yep. And for a start, the, um, the suppliers in the industry, who are the hotels and motels and rental car businesses, embraced those. They saw it was a way to drive new business. And yep. there was an element of FOMO if they weren't <laughs> part of it, that they would be missing out on bookings. But what ends up happening over a long period of time there, and we saw this, is um, it creates a layer in between the hotels and their clients. Yep. And um, there's a loss of control that comes with that. And when you give away the booking experience, in a lot of ways you give away the business. And um, there's a risk that we go down the same road in the beauty industry, and I would like to warn as many people mm-hmm. as I can about that because unlike a hotel, the relationship for us is everything. The salon client relationship is everything. So that's something for us to um, to think about going forward. And we saw a lot of our customers um, and other people in the industry really reinvesting back into how they uh, manage their uh, relationship with their clients and how they control that. Um, you know, the bookings being done through their own websites, not through somebody else's website, the, communication being done straight yes. from them through their software platform, 100%. not being done by another software company on their behalf. Those mm-hmm. sort of things are really important. So I'd like to see that continue as a trend because I think the beauty industry is better off with um, the salons retaining as much control um, as possible over their client relationships. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because we, we, like you said earlier on, it's a very personal, you know, yes. connection that, that, uh, beauty businesses and, and hair salons have always had with their clients and you know that's right now that that connection has has been physically removed to a certain degree um and obviously this this whole experience is going to change our lives for for the foreseeable future and possibly longer beyond that so so we are going to have to 
be cleverer as to how we can maintain that true personal connection, but by using a, a, a non-physical, non-in-the-same-place sort of method of doing it. And, and, and software is one place that, that it can do that, but we've got to learn how to use it properly. Yes, that's right. And the, the, the other reason I'm, I'm passionate about that is because one of the best parts of the industry is uh, the diversity of the businesses, the creativity, the brands. Everyone has a unique client experience that they want to deliver. Yep. Everyone has really strong and interesting personalities and that comes through in their own brand and the way they manage their own client relationships. If we put that layer in, which is just the, the one booking site that everybody goes to, mm-hmm. you know, I think we lose a lot of the punch and personality oh, yeah. of the industry. Because not only do they do the client have the relationship with with that marketplace, but they're getting the same experience. You know, there's exactly. no there's no uniqueness. So so I mean, I I have I have a very similar sort of out, outlook on on these. I think I think they have they certainly have their place and and use them, but use them strategically, um, yeah. not rely on them permanently. <laughs> so yes. so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. What are the trends then? So look, looking forward, looking hopefully beyond um, the, the the very strict measures that we have in place in a lot of parts of the world still now. Um, and we should probably, we should probably timestamp these episodes now as sort of like, where are we right now? It's, it's currently sort of mid-August in the UK. We are um, open. However, we're still not allowed to do facial treatments, slightly different in Wales and Scotland and everything. But Generally speaking, we're not allowed to do facial treatment still. Sauna, steam room, still not open in spas. So spas aren't quite fully open. Salons aren't fully open. And that's still impacting a lot of people's ability to, to get back to earning the level of revenue that they were before. And we very much hope that's going to change over the next few weeks. But, but looking beyond this sort of longer term then to maybe 2021, what are, what are some other trends that you think are going to come in there where technology and certainly timely is involved yeah i think the the covid19 experience and the pandemic is going to change the way um a lot of businesses worked for you know a long time to come mm-hmm. um, and i think it's a, a, a time for tech to really stand up and step up uh, for the beauty industry you know i think on the whole um tech has not really fulfilled most of the potential and, and promises that it's made to the beauty industry over the last couple of decades. Um, and uh, I think this has been a bit of a wake-up call. There's, there's yep. so much more that we can do to help salons to be more successful. Um, uh, in practical terms, you know, the pandemic and the restrictions that it brings has changed the way we look at people interacting in person, right, with social distancing and those yep. sorts of things. So opportunities to move um, as many of the things that we can do in a healthy way outside of the salon. Um, consultations is a great example. So yep. we're working on a platform at the moment, which is in market already, but we're just really getting started because there's so much more potential in it. Um, and the benefit of that to the salon is that not only improves the way they're doing consultations, but it moves a lot of the admin uh, for that outside of the normal appointment window. Yeah, so that saves time. More- more of the client experience can happen yep. exactly. And then you can focus the, the time that the client's in the salon on the treatment, totally um, which is the most important thing. So I think trends like that um, uh, are certainly where technology now needs to step up and really help the industry ride through this difficult patch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I like to state the obvious as well. It's easy to overlook some of the simple things. I just think the fact that more of the industry are going to 
digitized now um, as a result of this experience. The more we can connect the industry, pull together data, um, have a really solid view, like you mentioned before, um, at Timely we have a view over some of the industry, but not all of it. The more we can pull together all of the data that's available for the industry and help us make good decisions, understand what's working and not working, um, is uh, is an important opportunity. And we can't do it. We can't do it if we use pen and paper. It's really hard no. <laughs> to make a graph on scribbles on a bit of paper. So you know, the the, the more uh, salons, product companies. Um, everyone working in, in the industry thinks about how we can use data to, to, to make things uh, easier for us and save time, the better. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And it's, it's interesting, you know, not, not to get political at all. Well, just for a second. But, um, you know, the, the, the figure that you mentioned in the UK alone, the beauty industry is worth 28 billion. But yes. everyone kind of, that's a number that's now familiar to everyone, but only because of the situation we've been through. We had yes. to pull that information together very quickly because we realized that when we were trying to lobby government, government had, certainly in the UK, had zero idea what actually went on. You know, it wasn't, it was only a few yes. weeks ago that the announcement involved phrases like massage parlors um, mm. uh, as a kind of all-encompassing term for the beauty industry. And I think Indeed. when we were able to go along and go, actually, no, this is a $28 billion industry. And it was only at that point they started to go, oh, okay, maybe we need to talk about the, uh, the impact on this. So it's clearly economy is driving things that are happening now. And the more data that we have, the more information that we can you know, bring to bear about what it is that we do and how much we bring to the economies. Um, and how many people are employed in this industry as well? That's, that's you know, that's a number that's, that's, I don't think quite has been locked down as much as the 28 billion pounds yes. of, of revenue. It's still a bit more of a flexible number, but it's, it's certainly a very, very significant figure. Um, and certainly a very significant figure when it comes to the, the, the gender of, of, you know, employ the the people who are employed in this industry. It's very, very obviously yes. very heavily uh, female based, and and that has an effect on on all the different types of socioeconomic parts of of the environment. So the more data we have, the better armed we are, and and the way we can share that data. All of that is only going to bring good things for us. Which, like you said, just can't be done from a <laughs> a book and a pen and a paper that's hidden under the reception desk somewhere and and kind of dragged out at the end of the day. That's right. And the goal for all of us should be to work together to grow that $28 billion number. Sure. You know, yep. what do we need to do to grow that by 50% in the next five to 10 years? Uh, whatever aspirational goal we set for ourselves, it's an industry that, that can pull together and, um, and support each other. And we need to at the moment. This, mm. is, this is a hard time for everyone. It certainly is. Um, you know, I mentioned at the start how we kind of got started in the beauty industry. And like many people I've met over the last 10 years, um, we almost stumbled into it, right? We've, you know, you fall into it and then you fall in love with it. That's the pattern I hear from a lot of people when I ask them their story. How did you get into barbering? Um, how did you become a stylist? Um, that's the story you hear quite often. And I'd like to change that. You know, I don't want to hear people stumbling across an industry and falling in love with it later. <laughs> we want people who deliberately choose to be part of the beauty industry because it's seen as lucrative, you know, a respected career um, yep. with an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, and, you know, that, that's a goal we should all set for ourselves, but you know, we, need, we do need to work together to, uh, to achieve that. To do that and get that out of there. No, that's absolutely true. Well, I think, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up, Ryan. So, but thank you very much, so much for being here today. Really, really appreciate it. Um, 
and and I was very clear when you know when we first got together I was like I want to talk about Timely as a company I don't just want to talk about software but but hopefully we've piqued people's interest in this and if anyone does want to find out more about Timely we will put uh, the links in the show notes um, to find out more but if uh, if people want to go there it's uh, well, we'll put the li- we'll put the links in there so we, we we can get it right and get you to the right point in in there. But thank you very much. And if anyone wants to follow Ryan on social media, what's your what's your own social media uh, handles there, Ryan? Oh, crikey! I think I'm at <laughs> Ryan Ryan Baker NZ on both Insta and Twitter. So okay. that, we'll, we'll check those places. and we'll put those in the show notes as well. Thank but you. thank you so much for your time today, and keep keep doing what you're doing, keep growing, and, and I'll keep sharing the stuff that uh, Timely are doing. Thank you for having me on the show, Adam. And, um, you know, I've appreciated the positivity that you brought um, to the industry with your content over the last few <laughs> Thank weeks. Thank you. Well, it's, um, you know, something I think we needed, uh, you know, during the time. So keep it up. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Thanks. Not your typical software company. Hey, now... I'm always going to judge any software product by whether it's going to save me or my clients time, help me and my clients make money or both. But the correlation between how a supplier to an industry, which is what Timely is, sees itself within that industry says a lot about it. And it naturally feeds into the product itself in terms of how much it helps business owners, in terms of its innovation, in terms of support and inspiration. And well, surely that just goes to show that as a company and as a product, Timely is a worthy addition to your software shortlist. I'd go so far as to say that they're even worth evaluating against your current systems, whether you're looking to make a change or not. So huge thanks to Ryan for taking the time out of his busy schedule to chat with me and you here on the show. Now, don't forget, if you'd like to find out more about Timely, to take it for a spin or even to sign up, you can get a trial of the software by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash Timely. And if you do then decide to sign up, you can use the special code to get 50% off your first few months as well. Now, speaking of helping your beauty business grow, I'd like to invite you along to a very special free online training that I'm holding very soon to get you back on your feet again coming out of lockdown. Now, I know there's a lot of fear still out there, a lot of doubt and a lot of worry, but I believe that there is no need for that. And I want to show you why. So let me pull back the curtain on three success secrets that you'll find in place at all the most successful beauty businesses out there. And the great bit is they're not that hard to put in place in your beauty business once you understand what they are and how they work. And what's more, right now, I'm presenting the training live so you can come along, get the knowledge, get the takeaways, and even ask your questions. And I'll do my very best to answer them. Now, all you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash secrets, and all the information that you need is right there. Okay, that's it for this week's show. Till next time, take care, keep safe, keep positive, and I will be back with you very soon.